Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scoogie Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 453 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this Friday, the 14th of July, 2023, at 6.54 p.m. Left Coast, Pacific Coast, Coast with the Most. Crack Engineer Ivor Molino. What how? Over there! In the booth. He's holding up the whiskey sign, yes. We only have one little shot of whiskey this this uh, episode because uh, I'm losing my uh, my front tooth is broken in half so if I lisping or whatever that's what's causing it um and it hurts like a little bitch uh, okay so whiskey cheers ah that would of course make it for our sequel friends 2023 hours. Um, let's get straight to our top stories. Hopefully this will be a short show because it is very difficult to talk with this half, half broken tooth and I sound fairly ridiculous and I imagine it's probably not a show I'm going to want to listen back to ever. 
Um, top stories. Website is still fucked. I know. I'm aware of it. I need money to move it. And I'm super broke this month. And this literally happened last night with my tooth being broke. So it has, it's just gotta wait. It has to wait. It's, it's gotta wait. I gotta get some, I gotta get some, I gotta get some scratch together. But I've already figured out where we're moving to. So that's good. Um, just bear with us. Uh, also this week, I saw the new Indiana Jones movie. And I'm not gonna make a big thing about this, but. And this is spoiler free. I just want to say I, I I had a really good time at the movie, which I pirated. I bought a ticket for the movie, but then I realized I wasn't going to be able to make it, so I pirated it and watched it at home instead. And it was a pretty good, um, you know, screen rip. Um, you can get it anywhere on torrents, I imagine. Um, I'm not going to say anything about the story or anything. I just want to talk about briefly, very briefly, the first... Initially, you don't see Harrison Ford as he is in real life in the present day. He's like 80 years old. You see a CGI version of him much younger, still in World War II, and it's extraordinarily convincing, I thought. Um, in fact, it was funny. I was... The only thing that didn't impress me about the first part of the movie was that I can literally do what they spent all this money doing, I guess, with my Linux box and Roop. Um, if you've been on the Discord at all, you've seen my videos of me as Indiana Jones from Temple of Doom and stuff like that. It's just funny. But then, the thing, my biggest problem with the film is that it's a good movie. I think it's actually a good movie. But its star and its subject is something you never wanted to see Indiana Jones do. It's retiree Anna Jones. It's oldie Anna Jones. And so the best way of describing this is like, I mean, and there's some great adventure sequences, but he's also like a secondary character in his own movie and they don't pass the torch. So it's like, you know, and the ending will please, I'm sure, people who aren't really into Indiana Jones or whatever, but the whole, whole movie, you just feel like you're watching someone else's grandfather chopping wood in the winter. You're like, why doesn't somebody help him? Why doesn't somebody stop him? He's 80 years old. Come on. Like, come on. Oh, no, 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 no. Here, here. Give me that axe. Oh, oh no, no. Go inside. Watch Wheel of Fortune. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. And so, the movie is very good in, like, I, I thought it was, I even like the story, pretty much. Um, they introduce a lot of new characters that they, you know, have a tendency to dispose of pretty quickly as if we're supposed to care. But that's kind of the point of the movie is that no one cares about Indiana Jones anymore because he's old. And it's like, you know, I never wanted to see that. I never wanted to see that. I said it 
The last thing I'll say is it is a thousand times better than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is a movie that I enjoyed thoroughly when I saw it in the theater, but took three weeks for that enjoyment to wear off, and I absolutely cannot stand that movie. I, I tried to watch it immediately after after watching um, Dial of Destiny. Also, has a great supporting cast, and great period piece stuff, and really good emotional dialogue. There's some good scenes in it that are great, and there's some action sequences that are, are really exciting, and it, it's just you don't want to see Indiana Jones at 80 years old. You don't want to see a Superman who's on his way out. You know? Um, great supporting cast. I love the the bad guy. Um, he's the same bad guy from um, Christ, I can't remember his name. Uh, from uh, Casino Royale. Le Chifre. Um, the guy with the weeping blood stuff. He's awesome in this movie, and he's he's good in every movie. I, I love that guy. He's got a weird face, aquiline nose, and they dress him up really well, and everything about the period in this movie was great, I thought. Only major complaint in terms of the period stuff was they didn't mention the 1969 New York Mets who who won the World Series that year um, and who just seven years earlier bookies wouldn't take bets on the Mets halfway through the season at the All-Star break because there was no action <laughs> there's no action on the money line um, it's true 1962 New York Mets were the worst team in baseball, eclipsed only by the Cleveland 1860-something Cleveland Spiders, and then the um, more recently by, uh, I think the Astros broke the record. But we we lost over 120 games that season. But then, and so they said, man would walk on the moon before the New York Mets would win the World Series, and man walked on the moon, and we won the World Series. <laughs> Other than that, it, it, it was it was it was great. Really sad. It's kind of a sad movie, you know. Not that not that I'm not telling you anything about the ending or anything like that. I'm just saying it's sad. it's like watching someone else's grandfather chop wood. Old Deanna Jones, retiree Anna Jones. So yeah, so those are some of my highlights. I had I had a great line. I said it was something like, I wrote it down somewhere. Hang on, let me see. It's in my other notebook. Oh, god damn it. I will, you're fired! Get my fucking tooth fixed! Okay, here we go. Um. Oh, Jesus. I've been writing a novel lately, so. Oh, man. I can't find it. Oh, well. Oh, yeah! If I were still back at the paper, I, d I didn't do many movie reviews, but I did a couple, I think. Um, I did a lot of game reviews. No one ever goes with... No one. No editor of mine ever really went with any of my suggested headlines. They always came up with better ones. Um, my suggested headline for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny would be Elder Abuse. <laughs> and I mean it, it's like a really uncomfortable movie to watch so, 
Speaking of uncomfortable movies to watch and, uh, you know, being uh, handicapped and not being able to talk right and stuff, uh, one final note before we get to our feature this week, which is um, BattleBit Remastered, which is a game that everybody is playing, uh, and for good reason, mm, my thumb, after five months and three months of, like, total immobilization, is finally maybe 70% back. Um, this is very exciting to me, especially coming up to my birthday. Uh, but it should be exciting to, I don't know, if you like this show, it should be kind of exciting. I don't know how excited I would be hearing this news from anyone else. But um, it means that I can play twin stick games again. I have to... I can only play for like an hour at a time, but I can play, I can hold a controller again, which is amazing now that I'm losing my tooth. Everything's falling apart. I'm getting, I'm just like Indiana Jones. This whole show is just like watching your grandfather trying to chop wood. Someone else's grandfather. You're like, what is wrong with you? Why are you letting him do that? He's 80 years old. His teeth are falling out. His fucking thumbs all fucked up. He can't talk right for Christ's sake. I must said for Christ's sake. Not because I'm drunk, but I'm not drunk yet. Um, but because I have to avoid. Never mind. You don't want to know about the grossness about my teeth. My teeth are all fucked up. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. But that's okay. We don't have to worry about that. That's why we. That's why God invented Linux video gaming. So let's get. I work based on the feature before I fire you again because it's say it's harder to say fire, fire. Oh my God! It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Spooky. Okay, so our feature this week is um, Battle Bit Remastered. And I don't know why it's called Remastered, because I never, I don't remember ever hearing about Battle Bit before, really. I remember there was a game like Battle Okay, so what is Battle Bit? Battle Bit is basically Battlefield 2, the one with helicopters and stuff, um, but with Lego men. And it is a, it is, and his, it is a, it is, it's a, it's, it is a historic game. Because it features battles of two, <coughs> excuse me, two teams. <coughs> oh, excuse me, ma'am. I swallowed really weird. Fucking tooth, man. This is the most I've talked. Oh man, it's weird. Ah! It features battles. I know that was really disgusting, wasn't it? I know I'm I'm just like Indiana Jones. Why in God's name would the first shot that they establish, you know, a new era in that movie is 80-year-old Harrison Ford shirtless in his underwear? I'm like, go back to the CGI. Oh my god! This is gonna be a nightmare! That's how I feel about this very same episode. So, Battle Bit Remastered features massive battles. Um, of like a, 
over 100 people on both teams. So it's like 200 people um, going at it in massive control point, Battlefield 2 style, uh, ticket based warfare. There are numerous classes you can play as. The amount of vehicles, and you're all little Lego men. It's all meant to be a voxel, kind of Minecraft-y sort of looking world. Um, but you have all these different classes that you can unlock and upgrade and, you know, change your loadouts. Tons of different weapons, but it's really the sheer amount of vehicles and the amount of time and um, variety that has gone into the vehicles that is so amazing. So let me take you. Ivor, let's do it. I mean, come on. They they made it this far through this episode where I, I talk like a I sound like a fucking chatty catty doll inside of a fucking uh Charlie McCarthy uh trunk. Just give him a taste of little production value. Come on, we gotta do it. So I don't remember the year exactly, but it's like in the early two thousands, in the early aughts. And I was the best damn helicopter pilot on on the face of the fucking planet in terms of Battlefield Battlefield 2. I could wheel that fucking thing around. A Black Hawk could wheel it around sideways, almost crashing it, descending fucking vertically so that my gunner could cover everybody. And I'm hammering away on on the keyboard. I'm like, all right, you got five seconds. When I say out, everyone out. And I would never really touch down. And I say out. And bam, all my commandos, all my all my assault force would be deployed from a Blackhawk. Everyone would get out. And then I would, without stopping in this big swooping motion, and it looked like a U. Like if you if you took like a U and put it on a on a plane, not a flying plane, but like a, a geometric plane, you know. So it's just like a U. And at the bottom of the U, but turn the U sideways so that it's running along like the X-axis so that the uh, the U, the, the, the uh, line that's closest to the camera is where we start our attack approach then bend the U on the Z-axis so that we are like descending Enormously, like we're talking, like we're losing, like maybe a thousand feet. We're, to, I, I would come in, you know, maybe 500, 600, maybe a thousand feet, and at full bore, and I would turn the helicopter halfway as we descended down that first part of the U. I would, we would do the rest of it sideways so that my guy on the heavy machine gun could clear the LZ, and then at the bottom of this U. Right at the middle where the two lines would meet is where I said, out! And everyone knew. And I would tell them, you know, thank you for flying the friendly skies. We are now making our final approach when, you know, five seconds, when I say out, everyone out. And this was before we had voice comms and everything. Um, people got really used to this because I never lost a helicopter. Um, I mean, I lost tons of them when I first was learning how to play the damn game and stuff, but um, you quickly win respect as a Blackhawk pilot who can fucking never really land, always keep the gun towards the enemy, and never lose a helicopter. And always be able to communicate, to be so good that you can communicate. We're coming in hot! 
coming in real hot. <laughs> you know, blah. I haven't felt this way in a video game. It's been like 20 years now, something like that, since uh, until Battle Bit Remastered or whatever the fuck it's called. Battle Bit, um, whatever. So, just a sheer variety. I, I, I'm terrible at it. I'm not good at the game. And the game does kind of devolve because it's so many people. It does kind of devolve into a uh, just a rush fest of everyone. It's so many people. We need to figure out a way to break everyone up into squads or something or platoons. Because like 130 people versus 130 people on land, air, and sea all at once is going to turn into a rush fest. Especially if they're all little Lego men. Very deadly little Lego men. All the attention to detail though in Battle Bit. This is not a review. This is just a first impression feature because like you gotta play this now because it does have EAC built in and I've already had problems with it and EAC so once it, you know who knows how long you may be able to play Battlebit Remastered but um, and the maps are, are, are really good the maps are, are, are really good, they're huge which is great, so a lot of time is spent on logistics of either figuring out how you're gonna get yourself to like defend or attack target X, Y, or Z, or whatever. Um, but also, if you're more like me, trying to learn how to fly these planes and stuff, and all the vehicles have multiple positions, and there are so many vehicles. They're like, there's like at least 10 different types of helicopters. There are at least 10 different types of boats. There are amphibious assault crafts. Boats that, you know, like the you know, uh, like Milwaukee, like, uh, like in Wisconsin, you know, t- visit the Dells, ride the ducks. Um, you know, like where you, where you're deploying from an aircraft carrier, like the, um, the vehicle bay for amphibious assault. And there's like a bunch of rubber dinghies. And then there's like, and there's different amphibious assault tanks, tank things. And like, bam, you're cruising off the coast and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're not driving it, you know, you're you're stuck looking out of these windows and you're you're trying to shift positions and stuff. And uh multiple vehicles have multiple uh gun emplacements. One of the coolest things about this game in terms of helicopters is there's um a rappel rope with a winch on most of them. I did not realize this. And so I was not I wasn't flying this particular helicopter, I was just a passenger in it. But we are, like, heading over the assault zone that, you know, we need to help our guys defend and er, attack and stuff. And it was me and this other guy and the pilot. And I looked around and the, the other guy was gone. And I looked down and he's hanging from this fucking rappel rope. And he's swinging in the wind. So I jumped down there with him, and then I'm like, oh god, I just realized, I don't, we don't have a parachute, I don't know how the fuck we're gonna get off of this, because we're going full bore, <laughs> and I didn't think the pilot had any idea either, and then we exploded and crashed and died, but it, it was awesome, um, and like I said, it's a ticket-based system, but now here's the cool innovation, this is actually a really interesting innovation, you don't have to be a medic to offer, um, your fellow soldiers uh, medical assistance. You can bandage people up. So, whenever you get down, 
Like if, if you get, you know, quote unquote killed and you're like in death camera mode where you're immobile, you have like a 30 second or 45 second long timer until you bleed out. And it tells you how far away your nearest teammate is and how far away the nearest medic is. You don't need a medic. You just need a teammate because it anybody can do this. This is the normal procedure for saving someone's life in BattleBit Remastered. You first, you try to identify the threat that killed them. Because if if you can't identify the threat that, that put them down, chances are you're going to die trying to save them. Evaluate the landscape is part of that step. Then, you got to get up to them. You press the F button while looking at them, the F key, and you can drag them to safety. And it's, it's you know, not... It, 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 this is like the bulk of... This is really cool. Now, if you're a medic, you I think you automatically start healing them when you're doing this, but if you're just a soldier, you drag them to safety to where, like, you, you, you're, you, you guys are... Are uh, you guys have cover because you have bandages, even if you're just a normal soldier, you have three bandages. You can use them on yourself, you can use them on other people. Drag the guy to safety, or if he's like right there, if he, you know, if, if, if um, there is no threat or whatever, there's always a threat, you can patch him up right there. You just hold down the three button on you know your keyboard and you will start bandaging him up and you will bring him back. That means you guys save a ticket. So, I've seen teams who just run into meat grinders and are murdered, 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 but none of them ever die because they're, they have so many medics and everyone is so good at covering each other and, you know, blah. Only shitty thing is I don't know how to see people who are injured on my radar or whatever. There really isn't I can't remember. I'm trying to like pull up a visual memory in my head, but there's a good map. It's it's a pretty good map. But what's cooler is that like in you you know like you're it's a first person game. It's like you have an imaginary HUD. You see, and you can designate the specific colors for all of these different items. You see little triangles representing everyone on your team. And anyone who's been spotted on the enemy team, including vehicles, spotting vehicles is very important because like we're talking about this game does not fuck about and it runs great. It's very performant for as huge amount of shit is going on. Like I said, this is a historic game because um, like, over 130 people versus over 130 people is insane. And so the maps are, are, are large and the combat is intense and chaotic and maybe you'll get a couple of kills, but you'll rank up eventually and, you know, maybe you'll put together a squad and teammates. The game is, seems to be very built around the social aspect of um, gaming because it is so many... so ma It requires so many people. And there are also smaller games that you can play. You can play, like, you know, 32 versus 32, which, from what I understand, is, like, the best way to get a lot of experience so that you can unlock different weapons and loadouts for your different uh, stuff. There's a lot of nitpicky problems that I have with the game right now, but they're not... They are in no way significant in comparison to the monumental awesomeness of Battle Bit 
Remastered, which is a game that I don't even really like playing because there is no way to practice on the helicopters or the aircraft or any of the vehicles in the shooting range yet. Hopefully they will add that because it sucks to have to realize that the person that is piloting your helicopter, even if that person is you, but it, you know, flip that around, um, does not know how to fucking fly and has no idea where the fuck they're going or that you're all gonna die. That's what that means. And it's a very sinking feeling for people to have. And so I think it would be better if, um, that's my biggest complaint, actually, is that there is no way. And the helic, and I've gone, I've gone on the stick in the game with the helicopter several times. I'm much better right now as a gunner. Um, but I need a really good pilot to give me, in the immortal words of Alex Getchell, old friend. Um, Alex, what the fuck were you doing? Why were you flying that Blackhawk? I was supposed to be in the, like, yeah, well, we had no time. And I was just presenting you with a target rich environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I, I've i taken helicopters out uh, on the Gatling gun of uh, the pseudo Blackhawk but they're all during time. there's like little Hueys there's all sorts of all sorts of rotorcraft in the game that's cool I have not seen any jets but there is a way to take off from the aircraft carrier that hints that there might be jets I've never seen any in the game. It would be kind of difficult to fly at, like, you know, jet-like speed like an F-18 which grows at, like, fucking well, fuck, if you if if you if you offload some of the weapon systems and you just want to kill someone who's 3,000 miles away, that'll take 45 minutes. Um, you know, and you'll have enough fuel to get back. Or it would take uh, yeah, yeah, it take about, like, an hour and because it takes, like, five minutes to get to seven minutes to get to LA from Las Vegas in an F-18 um, and that's 300 miles so 30 minutes you know blah but the fuel consumption is your real concern there same thing with helicopters but the, the, the maps are really good and it's it's also really neat to see the focus on healing people and stuff because it means that like everyone gets like um you don't feel like you're as bad of a drag on your team as you probably are when you're starting out. But the battles are fucking crazy. The action and just the sound of it is is just fucking nuts. And the tanks and... Oh, by the way, did I mention the environments are entirely destructible? Yeah, that plays a big role. Um... Like, oh yeah, no, don't worry. We're, we're in cover. We're here in this building. Yeah, the building's gone! <laughs> There, there are three tanks. There's half a, half a tank battalion. Oh my god, we're gonna die. <laughs> um, and you just you see crazy shit all the time, all around you. I, the sniping is the other in, the other thing that I'm trying to get um, better at. It is very difficult because it's a bolt action sniper rifle that you have to work the bolt both ways. And you can be doing that while you're aiming, but you can't be moving while... There's all sorts of different stuff. Um, depending on what your actual focus and interest is in the game, you can do it, chances are. There are grenades, there's gadgets. One thing I truly hate about Battlebit 
remastered right now is the night vision goggles and the night missions absolutely suck. Everyone else loves them. I totally hate them. I think everyone else loves them because they're better than me and know the maps way better and uh, know that if they're playing against someone who doesn't know the map at night, that they have an unbelievable advantage. Everyone has night vision goggles. Um... There, there is a dearth of keyboard. You do have to spend some time setting up your keyboard and everything. Um, and it's best to do that before you get into the game, really. And then, after you have, like, the stuff that you know you're going to need, then as you find out that, oh my god, what button do I press to do this one thing? Um, it's very realistic. Like, if you double tap R to reload, like when you're as an infantry guy, you'll just drop your clip on the ground and put a fresh one in. You can also theoretically combine ammo from different clips, but you have only, you'll, you have a limited number of magazines that you, you deploy with. So sometimes it's, it's better to drop, it's much faster to just drop the clip, but it is, you're, you're down a clip and all the ammo that was left in the clip. But you can pick it up again at any time and you can combine the bullets and make uh, a whole new clip. Uh, a magazine, a whole new magazine that is fully loaded. I'm losing my tooth here. This is just disturbing. But uh, anyway. Yeah, tanks, jeeps, APCs, armored personnel carriers, uh, helicopters, um, boats, and Amphibious assault craft. Um, only other thing that I really don't like about it is the game tortures you with endless conduct warnings that you have to hold down the mouse button to agree to every time. And it seems like, well, I understand it's important for God. Believe me, you're talking to the you're preaching to the choir here. It's important for having. Um, it's important to set clear rules in terms of like what conduct is expected of players who are allowed the privilege to enjoy the game. You can't threaten people this much without it getting without get without getting somewhat fascistic cuz like no one uses voice comms in the game, even though it has it built in. They don't have anti um slapback echo, anti uh echo feedback stuff yet. But I got it down to where it's okay. I still don't ever use voice comms and no one else does either because I think everyone else is afraid. It says you'll be permanently banned. And like they, they're trying to legislate a little too hard. They're trying to make policy for the game that's a little too specific. And what they really just need to say is, you know, don't make any other player's life miserable. You know, ha- don't harass other players. No racist, Nazi, none of that shit. Fuck you. Go find another game. Go play Mordow. You fucking cocks. Mm. Tiny dick little fascist fuckwits, want to ruin everything for everyone else, you know, no racial slurs, you know, no homophobia, you know, I don't even know about no homophobia, because like, this is supposed to be the military, and, you know, I don't know, but I appreciate like, that they're very focused on keeping the game 
friendly to as broad of an audience as they can get but there's no moderation to the moderation so like what you see in the text chat like this guy named I eat cum you know like I thought that was hilarious but and he didn't get kicked or anything but all he did was spam I eat cum and that was his name too so we knew that he ate cum I don't know I don't know. It, it it does feel weird to not want to use voice or the chat or anything, and most people do not use either. I think it's be- the chilling effect of all these warnings that basically say you'll be banned forever if you piss us off. Which is fine if you're, you know, a young Scooby Sprite, like I once was, you know, in charge of 3,000 people literally 3,000 little kids who all want to prove that they can break the system and, you know, get away with it or whatever um, just to piss you off that's fine you know, I, I was alone but I, I have no problem banning people like, inst- I wouldn't do it instantaneously I would say it again say that again, I am here I'm, I'm here, there, I'm everywhere, I'm the fucking Eggman, say it again I'll just say it again yeah, you're banned. Goodbye! And that's it. That's the end of that person. When you got 3,000 fucking kids, and this is long before that was fashionable in Minecraft, um, or really thought to be possible, because it was the first generation of Spigot MC that really made it possible, and we were right there. Um, running 3,000 slots is a lot for one person to handle. So you have to make some split decisions, but anyway, at least at least eventually I would clear all the tickets. And rule number one was don't piss Skooky off. Literally, you had to go... All this shit was explicitly expressed before you could even talk on the server. You had to go through the tutorial maze, which was brilliant if I don't say so myself, and the tutorial test, which was also automated, which is brilliant if I don't say so myself. Then you got a set of diamond armor. Anyway, the way this game tries to impose this is not really good and it doesn't seem to be moderated at all by anyone. So, like, having this big, scary imposition while they're in the testing phase of their gigantic, humongous game is something I understand and appreciate, because it shows that they're conscientious developers, unlike the fuckers behind Mordhau, never ever buy Mordhau. Never recommend it. Because that game, the fucking developers bought off I mean, they bought in to the fucking racist motherfuckers, the neo-Nazis and shit, and they're like, oh, we, we see no reason to, like, Elon Musk, you know, and that was a long time ago, and now that game is unplayable, if you have any sort of social conscience or whatever, if you, if, if you're not a racist, if, if racist people piss you off, you know, who are just they fucking, they hacked, they hacked me in Mordown, and they made me say that sort of shit in in text. And I mean, no moderation. No moderation at all. I'm going to go back and edit out me saying the N-word there. But like, I think it's important to sometimes say it because it's like, it is horrifying. It's a vicious, ugly fucking word. And it is, it's meant to, to make people feel absolutely fucking horrible for no good reason. And I think it's saying like, you know, he said the N-word is okay, but like, 
I think we're losing. I don't know. I say it only in demonstration of the way other people use it sometimes and only not in mixed company. But anyway, enough, enough with the and stuff like that. Um, so, it, and it is important for them to be very aware that they can lose control of, you know, the, their player base and the, the code of conduct and stuff if they don't enforce it, and it doesn't seem like they're enforcing it, and it seems like they're just using raw intimidation to try to keep it tamped down while they actually work on the game. These are both perspectives, all three, those are perspectives that I can appreciate and understand um, for now. And the last thing is, you know, play it while you can. EAC, it is very much all up EAC's ass and EAC, I've already had problems with it. Um, in fact, when you first launch the game, in fact, anytime you launch the game, th- there are two options in the the little splash pop-up that, that appears. One is play the game as normal, or two, reinstall the game and correct EAC errors. Uh, and I've had EAC errors on it, where it banned me. Not permanently, but I had to do that repair easy anti-cheat thing does not bode well for their support of Linux going forward but right now it is the best show on dirt on the waves in the air oh the air junior Birdman. alright that concludes this week's episode exciting episode of the best Linux games podcast check back with us next week uh, where I will be one year older that's going well I'm already one year older, obviously, because, you know, that's not how time works. It's not like you're one age and then, you know, you hit a date and then you're another age because uh, you're aging all along. But human mind is not capable of. Anyway, you understand how time works. I'm pretty sure. Uh, all right. Uh, seriously, though, check out BattleBit Remastered. You will like it. It is a little rushy, and it, there's no st- real strategy right now, but this game will evolve into something that's going to be really cool. And it already is. Like, the servers... You don't have to wait to jump on a server, though. And the performance is great. Um, and you will be right there with a hundred plus other dumb motherfuckers just like yourself. And you will... You will go until you die, Robin! Cheers. Thanks for bearing with me with a tooth. Bye-bye. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, yo. Four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy,
things is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. After receiving the host, marauding choir boys, half drunk on the blood of Christ, stalk unwary pensioners and seek havoc. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.